Welcome to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. And now, here's your host, Tina McIntosh, along with Sarah Shetty. Tina McIntosh here on Caregiver Crossing, the podcast. Sitting in studio with Sarah. She is over yonder. We're not going to make eye contact with her because she's having some uh, technical concerns. But I am looking at Zach Connor. Hello. Hello. Do you like to go by Zach or Zachary? Zach, yeah. Only my wife calls me Zach. All right. Zach Connor and Andrea Geiger. Hello. How are you? Well, doing great. So, Andrea, you are with who on your day job? Radio One during the day. Radio One. And then, Zach, your family here at Joy's House, you're with? Connor Insurance. Excellent. Um, but you guys have a special relationship. We're going to talk about your relationship here. Um, oh, boy. You guys are what to each other? Co-chairs. You you We're go. the co-chairs of Indie Do Day. Yeah, but right. I don't get to call him Zachary. Nope. I just found that out. Nope, nope, Oh, nope. Don't, my heart's broken. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unless he's in trouble. And then I, I think you can. Yeah, that's okay. We'll yeah. see how this goes in the next few minutes. He may be Zachary by the end. Um, but Indie Due Day, whenever somebody says Indie Due Day, I hear like that booming voice like, Indie Due Day. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. You know? <laughs> We're going to have you record the spots for next right, year. Right, right. <laughs> but Indie Due Day is a big deal. And it's, it's it growing and growing. So thank you for what you're doing to volunteer for that. Um, tell people who might not know at all what it is. What is it? Indie Due Day um, is four days that happened at the end of September. It was born out of the Eli Lilly Day of Service. Um, it got a little too large for them to manage when it came to um, all of the different projects that were going on and how many people wanted to be involved. So they called the Rotary Club of Indianapolis and asked the Rotary Club to take the wheel um, for the corporations and nonprofits outside of who they were able to help. And for the past six years, it has grown tremendously um, to the point where last year it had a $1.4 million economic impact in the city. So four days. Hold on. So these yeah. are the four days in September that we see people running around in, in blue shirts. T-shirts, right? right. T-shirts, yep. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of years ago, we had, I mean, yeah, like Andrew said, it started with uh, Lily. And they came out and planted trees all along the 69 there. Oh, keep Indianapolis beautiful. So that was really cool to see. Yes, they did. I um, remember that. Yeah, and they had about I want to say like 15,000 employees mm -hmm. doing that and kind of doing beautification. And so that was awesome to see. They kind of wanted to do a little bit more, though. And they said, hey, we can't do all of it. We need kind of the city's help, which has been great to see it kind of, kind of burst into this whole different thing. Um, and we've had a whole bunch of people, like Salesforce and Cummins and smaller businesses like Connor Insurance and uh, Senior One Care, um, kind of just stepping up to the plate and kind of filling that uh, void, or not really a void, but it's just, hey, let's do more than what Lily was doing, and let's just keep pushing it, because Lily had the idea, which was great, and now let's just take it to the next level, always keeping it grow. And in simple terms, it's really individuals, corporations, or organizations, plus a need or a not-for-profit in the community equals... Indie Due Day. Correct. It could be any need as small as you need to go out on the sidewalk and pick up the trash in front of your building or your home um, to writing thank you letters for nonprofits that may not have enough volunteers throughout the year or have enough time because, you know, nonprofits can be smaller and only have a limited staff. 
So thank you notes can be a, go a really long way to big projects such as packing thousands of pounds of food at gleaners um, and, and teachers treasures taking over their facility for the day and making different supply packs for the students in, in, in the community. So uh, the first it. year that we did this, we were kind of like, hey, do anything and everything you want to do. Just whatever. Just tell us about it. And so I remember my first year, I went over to an elderly uh, man's home and cut down some trees for him. That elderly man was my dad, so uh, <laughs> good for him. So he might, hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but, uh, but it was as simple as that. So I just cut a couple trees He's down. He's like for 54. Yeah. You should watch what you say. <laughs> At that time, yeah. He but he would have had to have hired someone. Oh, yeah. He would have definitely had to hire someone or hurt his own back, have surgery. So, you know, I helped him. Huge economic impact. You there. saved him. Really, oh yeah, that I day. saved him from himself. But it no. is. But now it's a very orchestrated effort. If mm -hmm. I'm not um, yes. mistaken, there's a website people can go to, yep. right? Yes. Indiedoday.org. Well, I mean that's easy enough. Right. Indiedoday.org. Mm -hmm. Although that is kind of hard to say <laughs> over and over again. Um, Indiedoday.org. And when you go on there, I believe you can search by what kind of work you want to do. Correct. You can sign up as a company. Correct. You can even sign up. That's where not-for-profits can sign up as well, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. But what if I'm an individual? So what if I'm Zach's dad and I want to have somebody come to the house <laughs> and do some work? Can I sign up on that one as well? Or is it really for organizations? It's really for organizations. I mean, with Zach's dad, it would he would need to contact <laughs> a different organization. I mean, if somebody really needs help, then... You know, they can go on there and post about it. And we can figure out a way because we see the projects as they're posted and we kind of monitor that. Um, you know, it can be grouped into an organization such as Lily where they're going into people's homes and building wheelchair mm -hmm. ramps yep. and doing some, um, you know, light construction work in, inside people's homes that need it. Or, you know, it could be like the Near East Side, their organization as um, they're doing the great caulk of the town where they're, they've got different homes identified for winterization. So yep. there, so there cool. are people that, you know, need the weather stripping and the caulking that might not have the resources or the know-how to do it. So they have a hundred volunteers that are going to go out and just winterize homes on the East side um, for the whole weekend. How, how do you guys feel? I mean, you're, this is your first year co-chairing, right? Yeah. yeah. And how does it feel knowing, you know, you said Andrea um, that, Last year alone, it was a $1.4 million impact in our community. Right. I'm assuming what you've done is you've taken the volunteer hours Correct. and created that number, which is real. I mean, that's, yep. that's big. I know it's a lot of work for you guys to co-chair Indie Due Day. I got it. But what does that feel like knowing that you're going to have you know, millions of dollars worth of impact on our community and directly in people's lives? It's no pressure. Don't very screw humbling. this up, right? Yes. <laughs> it is, it very, is humbling. very humbling. It's the, um, so my day job at Connor, we work with a lot of nonprofits. So I think that was maybe one of the reasons the former co-chairs, Jenny Dexter and Patrick Broccolo, approached at least myself and Andrea to say, hey, you already work in this field. How about you kind of share it as well and uh, lead it under your direction? And I said, all right, that makes sense. So it's been cool to see the nonprofits that we work with also now who maybe haven't engaged in any due day in the past, now engaging just because we're the co-chairs and they're going, oh yeah, let's take a, you know, this into consideration, let's do a project. And it's just cool to see more and more projects evolving and being created just due to relationships. Andrea, for you? Um, I think, you know, it, it just continues to instill a sense of pride of that, um, 
in our city, um, that we love our city and take care of our city. We're trying to make Indianapolis one of the most um, community-engaged cities. You know, that's kind of one of our missions. And I think it can drill down to a personal level where last year my project was we built seven free little libraries. I love them. free little libraries. Well, there's one right around, right around the corner. I'll tell you where it is. Um, Great. But um, we placed them throughout the city. And, you know, it started out because over in Butler, Tarkington, a man had his vandalized and he was going to let it go and not fix it. And we're like, no, don't, don't not fix it. The area needs it. If we build more and help you rebuild, will you keep it? So he agreed. So we built more and it grew into this. One of the free little libraries was donated to a little league park where one little boy had passed away from cancer on the baseball team. And he always read books to his little sister. And so it was the most like heartfelt I just I never imagined that when, you know, I heard on one of my morning shows of a man that the Indian Up Star wrote about that was, you know, defeated with his little free library would turn into something like that. Beautiful. So it can start from something so negative and then turn and really affect the community. And you're just increasing readership. You know, I have one in my neighborhood and there's a nightly ritual of a family that comes down every night and gets a new goodnight book. And so it's really created a sense of community in my neighborhood where I wouldn't really know those people. They live like five houses down and it's a busy neighborhood. You know, you're a busy person. You don't necessarily have all the time in the world to walk around and meet your, all of your neighbors, but just something that small can create way more community than you ever could have imagined. And it was all just because somebody vandalized something. Right. Right. Isn't that funny? Isn't people thought crazy? they were doing something that, you know, was right. destructive. It's going to destroy the community. So, if somebody's listening right now and they're, they're, they feel nervous to go on and, and you know, get the website, is there a place on there where they can contact you guys if they have any questions? Oh, yeah. There's okay. definitely a contact us tab, and that goes straight to our executive director, Jamie Hannon. She just got married, so I really hope that I'm pronouncing <laughs> your name correctly, Jamie. But, um, yeah, she, you just hit the contact us tab. It goes straight to her. She's available all the time to answer all those questions. And the reason I ask that is I think, and I know we have to wrap up here in a second, but I, I think people get intimidated, right? There's a website. It feels fancy. It feels so big. It's a $1.4 million impact in the community. And what I want people to understand is it's really easy to become a part of Indie Super Day. Yeah. And I'm sitting here with Zach and Andrea, and they are lovely and harmless and want to do good. So you know, Jamie, I'm sure is wonderful too. So reach out. I mean, go on IndieDoDay.org. Yep. Um, check it out. You can see some of the projects that were done in the past. You can um, sign up for your company or individually if you want to get involved. But we is it blue shirts again this year? Yep. It will be. All They're right. on the website too. Yep. You can you order them yourself. And, yeah, you have for your your team. We want to yeah. see a lot of blue shirts coming up here toward the end of September. But um, Zach Connor and Andrea Geiger, thank you so much for everything you're doing for our city. No thank problem. you for thank having you. us. Caring people make the difference. You can feel it the minute that you walk into American Senior Communities. Experts in senior health care, not just doing a job, but following a calling. They are here to help you and your family find answers, solutions, and peace of mind. In fact, they become an extension of your family. For more information about American Senior Communities, visit ASCCare.com. That's ASCCare.com. And we are back with Caregiver Crossing, the podcast. We do want to take a moment and thank our sponsors, ASC, AARP, Bethany Village, and Severance and Howard. We appreciate the support so much. 
And thanks to Zach and Andrea. It was really fun chatting with them about Indie Due Day and all the great work that's going on uh, this weekend, actually. Um, it starts today and goes through the weekend, this last weekend in September. Um, I think the weather's looking pretty good. So hopefully um, it's a really successful year for Indie Due Day. This is Sarah Shaddy. Tina had to step out uh, for this second segment, but I am joined by one of our other co-workers, Margie Stout. Hello, Margie. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. So Margie was selected carefully by myself because we share something in common, Yes. which is that this month, the inaugural month of the Red Line, we both took rides. We did. When did you go? A week ago today. A actually. week ago today. Yes. Okay. So yes. Margie went last week. I went last night, actually. Um, we had two, I would say, different experiences. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but we wanted to talk about the red line because it goes in with um, what we were talking about with Zach and Andrea earlier in the podcast um, with Indie Due Day and then last week with Lisa Lobdell about living downtown and the pros and cons to that. And just what it is to be connected, to live downtown. Um, and the red line this month, this month of September here in Indianapolis, has been um, a pretty big deal. Um, mm -hmm. They're offering rides, I think, not only on the red line, but I think all Indigo buses. All of them. Yeah, we're great. free this mm -hmm. month, um, which was, I think, genius. Wonderful. Yeah. Get way people accustomed to it. Exactly. Get yeah. people, you know, it's a no-risk way to experience it mm -hmm. um, and to see what it's all about and to, I think for a lot of people, including myself, it be their first time to yes. use a public transportation system in the city. Absolutely. Had you been on an Indigo bus? I had not. And I'd heard a lot of folks talk about using it on a regular basis. But with this one being different, um, I think the the route that it's taking has, has drawn in a lot of people that haven't ridden on it before. Um, I planned my trip with a friend who actually lives in Broad Ripple. And we got on at Broad Ripple and rode it all the way down to UND, which was great fun. Um, and then got off in, uh, at Fountain Square, had lunch, um, and noticed a lot of interesting folks on, on the bus that were trying it out as well, just as we were. So you had lunch. So you were going uh, maybe late morning mm -hmm. is when you started? We were. Yeah. We, okay. Well, we started about 10 o'clock. Okay. Um, and we got back to Broad Ripple around 2. Oh, wow. So it was really a good long time. Saw lots of sights. Yeah. Of course, having lunch was great. Lots of folks were jumping on the red line from downtown going to lunch and then we saw them coming back from lunch going back to work oh wow they were so, using it on their lunch break yes how was your so a lot of um i guess the the marketing for the red line mm -hmm. um they claim you don't have to wait more than 10 minutes at right. any start and some people have said no that's not right and people have said be patient they're just trying to you know do right. these trial runs and figure it out what were your wait times I, we did not wait 10 minutes. I would say maybe the longest was maybe six or seven minutes. Oh, wow. But I did appreciate the the TV screens that would tell you how many minutes your wait should be right. going north or going south. And so that was very helpful. I think we judged a couple of uh, little trips off of the, the platform, you know, thanks to knowing how long it was going to take the bus to get there. Right. So. And what... Um, what were there a lot of people on the bus? What was the crowd like that was riding that bus? What I found was a lot of the folks were taking advantage of it to see what it was like. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wouldn't say they were probably regular Indigo riders, mm -hmm. um, but they were. Everybody was very friendly and yes. talking about their experiences. 
and sharing with each other um, different aspects of the bus. Yeah. You know, there were ways to plug in your phone yes. and charge your They had your those phone. USB kind yes. of portals. Yeah. Yes. I was surprised to see that. I know. And then how you could bring your bicycle onto mm-hmm. the bus and how you would hook that in. So everybody was really into the whole experience and enjoying it, I thought. I thought so too. Um, I actually had seen something on Facebook. It was a joke or maybe Twitter or something. And somebody said, if if a New Yorker came and rode this, <laughs> they would be appalled <laughs> that we were talking to each other. I bet. But it was my same experience too. You know, when I rode my, I rode from Broad Ripple also actually kind of the same Mm-hmm. Route. I rode from Broad Ripple. I got on at 54th in college. Okay. Um, and then I rode down to Fountain Square, got off at Fountain Square, spent some time down there, and then got back on in Fountain Square and rode right. back to Broad Ripple. Right. And from I went, this was probably not the best laid plan. <laughs> I, I left Broad Ripple around uh, a little after three o'clock. Um, so the ride from Broad Ripple to Fountain Square was not busy, right. um, but I I got on uh, in Fountain Square at uh, 4.45 to ride oh. back through downtown <laughs> to Broad Ripple. And I'd also like to add that I had my um, five-year-old son with me. <laughs> so I decided to ride public transportation, brand new public transportation at rush hour with my preschooler. <laughs> A great test. But you know, it was it was, kind of was good to see um for me personally just yes. how my my kiddo did. What but, did he think? Oh, he loved it, but he is ruffled by nothing. Great. For him it was just another, another day, day doing something. Yeah, he was more concerned about what special treat we were going to get when we got off okay. in Fountain that Square cuz that was the bribe and the promise. <laughs> and we did we found a really um sweet little chocolate shop it's in Fountain Square so he got his special treat. So that was his primary concern. That's good. That makes but, sense. Yeah, but I both, saw one child with uh, I think a grandparent yeah. and the child was sleeping the whole time. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean the bad. ride is smooth and sure. Um, you know, again, the buses are brand new, but I found them very clean and, um, yeah, the, and easy to get on and off of, um, our ride there, we rode towards the front of the bus. We got Mm -hmm. on, um, that front or, you know, the door that's closest to the driver. driver, And, um, we sat in the seats that were kind of going almost like up steps. You really wanted to sit on the highest seat. Sure. Um, but I'm glad we did because it gave me a really good view of that front section of the bus. And I saw that front area that really um, is there for um, people that are using a wheelchair right. um, or just need some sort of adaptable seating arrangement. Right. Um, they had areas and, and signage that I thought was really helpful of how to um, secure your wheelchair um, and or use the kind of alternative seatbelt and securements that were up there. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, I took a couple pictures, so I'll put that on the Caregiver Crossing Facebook page Mm -hmm. um, for people who haven't been on. But there were a couple, um, and we talked about this Mm -hmm. before recording, yeah, about, um, I guess, some concerns. They move fast. They really do. And I think... My concern was not giving everyone enough time, possibly. It felt as though they all made it getting onto the bus, but I felt as though the drivers could have left the doors open a little bit longer to make sure everybody was getting on from the platform. Right, right. And then when we were coming back, it really was quite crowded. People standing, not everybody was sitting, and getting off of it was a little tricky for some people. One one had a um, a stroller, so that was a little tricky too. So I think... 
I think maybe they can, you know, work through that challenge and hopefully pay closer attention maybe. Right. And I wonder too, if once they start charging, if that'll slow things down mm. because people will have to so. pay, I mm-hmm. guess, on their way in. I know that there's, mm-hmm. people can pay with cash or they're going to have, um, kind of their boarding passes that they right. have to scan. So maybe that'll slow it down. I'm sure it will. That I hope so. Sense. I saw a gentleman get on um, at one point when we were heading from Broad Ripple to Fountain Square, and he had a um, cane he was using, mm-hmm. and he just about, I mean, he was going towards his seat, and he just about fell onto another man. Because they started because, up? Yeah, because that oh. bus just started going, and, right. and he um, lost his footing a little bit. So, right, that was one, you know, for um, perhaps either aging or those who do use um, sure. you know, they uh, have a stroller or right. they have a wheelchair, other ways of maneuvering. Right. They'll but, have to be a little more cautious. Right. Right. Um, and if they don't have a caregiver with them to kind of help guide them, I right. could see that being a little bit of a, yeah. um, concern. Absolutely. But overall, I thought I was really impressed. I was as well. And I've heard lots of people talking about their plan to use it on a regular basis. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. When we were coming back from Fountain Square and packed in like sardines, (laughs) I mean, it was packed, which was also really good to see that people were using it. Right. But I saw quite a few um, getting on at stops downtown that were heading home. Right. Um, And you could, you know, tell that they were... um, you know, from all different positions, there were nurses and probably doctors oh, sure. and, you know, government officials who were getting on near the state Absolutely. house. And Maybe not everyone you would expect. Right. Right. And I'm sure they right. have cars at home, but they mm-hmm. were opting to, um, you know, mm-hmm. forego the traffic and, right. and the parking and the parking. Yes. Yeah. And maybe save gas money or maybe they're environmentally conscious and just right. want to kind of use that system while it's available. That's great. And lots of folks are talking about the next two lines already. Yeah. The blue and the purple. The blue and the purple. So one's south side and one's north side. Right. 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 Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. And one, I think, too, when when we're thinking about, um, you know, different uh, especially in a caregiver, um, you know, aspect of it. I really love that there was a stop immediately in front of uh, Methodist right. Hospital yes. that you can be connected Absolutely. to their front door. Mm-hmm. I mean, Easily. that stop was right out front. So I really liked that. I felt like they were very intentional with mm-hmm. where they placed the where red line stops. people need to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, from Margie and I, I think it's two thumbs up yes with the red line absolutely I agree 100 <laughs> percent yeah we really um you know we both hope to see it be successful and for people to take advantage of it and I think um I mean time will tell we're only in the first month but right. I think it'll be a big asset to our community absolutely thanks for chatting with me Margie my pleasure I appreciate it and thank you so much for listening to caregiver crossing the podcast and we will see you next time thanks so much bye-bye You've been listening to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. If you would like to learn more about Joy's House, visit joyshouse.org. And for social media, you can like us on Facebook at Caregiver Crossing.